everybody. I wanted to start today by doing a little housekeeping, updating, whatever, catching you all up with what's going on. Um, I mentioned a couple weeks ago that we raised $150 towards the water protectors, and I wanted everybody to know that our money went straight to the Ginny W Collective. I don't know how to pronounce it, y'all. It's G-I-N-I-W Collective, and it is a indigenous woman two-spirit-led frontline resistance to protect our mother and defend sacred land in the balance. And um, they are on the front lines. And so that's what our money went to. And I wanted to make sure everybody knew who had donated that. We were able to donate straight to Stop the Pipeline 3. And also, I think it went to the legal funds of people that have been incarcerated um, by um, the people that aren't protecting the water. And so I was really proud of that. I was glad that we were able to come up with that money and donate it so quickly because we had it on hand. So you should pat yourself on the back if you were part of those who donated or if you sent, you know, good energy, if you talked about it with your friends, if you're educating yourself on what's going on around water rights and protecting water. The other thing that I wanted to remind everybody, and maybe this will affect some of you, maybe it won't, but I have something pretty big coming up. Um, I'm going to be leaving Portland on the 23rd, driving to Helena, Montana, having my 51st birthday with my sister, which I'm really excited about. And then on the, that my birthday is on the 25th of September. And then on the 26th and 27th, I'm going to be leading meditative and mindful archery workshops. So if you know of anybody in the Montana area that would want to be a part of that, please connect them to the podcast or connect them to my Instagram or Facebook or whatever. There is still some space left, but it is filling up pretty quick, and um, there's only so much time in the day, so space is limited. I am then going to be heading from Montana straight to the Denver, Colorado area and leading workshops in Golden at Beauty Heels, which is in collaboration and supported by Kathy Escobar and her community, The Refuge. I have done that at least for four years, maybe five years. This might be my sixth year. But because of the pandemic, I have not been able to go for a while. So I'm very excited to get back to the Colorado area and do these workshops again. If you are in the Colorado area, if you know people in the Colorado area, please tell them about these workshops. If you aren't familiar with what I do, I talk about it all the time, but I'll give you a quick kind of thumbnail sketch of what a workshop looks like. So the mindful workshops that I do are just a basic introduction to mindfulness how I see mindfulness, how to stay centered, how to reframe the negative self-talk or the inner critic, 
and not give your piece away. And then a walk and then back to make our own targets and then a very quick introduction to archery and most people are shooting within five minutes and that is a two-hour workshop and then the meditative archery is similar but instead of the mindfulness and the walk there is um uh Jungian journaling that I teach and it gets at rage anger grief loss abandonment powerlessness Anything that you could possibly throw at this journaling technique, it'll help you kind of unravel a bit and maybe get a little nugget for yourself. Usually that's what happens. It is an amazing tool. And um, I think I've said this quite a while ago, but probably a couple years ago, even before the pandemic, I was like, if you're not mad, you're not paying attention. Well, I don't know if we're even mad anymore or just in complete overwhelm with everything that is going on in our world. And there are very little things, very, very few things that can give us relief in our body so quickly like archery can because it's a somatic healing technique. So it's journaling, getting your nugget and either shooting at or shooting with that thing that you bring to the journaling. So journaling, drawing your target, five-minute instruction, and you're shooting. So that's what I'll be doing in Montana and in Colorado. Then I'm going to drive all the way back. Well, I'm going to drive to Helena for a quick pit stop. And then I'm going to drive back all the way back to Portland, have a couple days break. And then my friend Amy McMullen is doing her retreat and I'm going to be leading archery for her retreat. And I'm really excited because she had to postpone that retreat because of the pandemic. So she's finally getting to do the thing that she's been dreaming for at least a couple years. That's kind of what I have. I just wanted to update everybody with everything that's going on. So I, I'm not saying that I won't do the podcast. I'm hoping to catch some interviews in Montana. I don't know if there will be time and in Colorado with people that I've been hoping to connect with. Um, hopefully there will be time. If not, um, there, the podcast might be sporadic, but I'm still here and I'm still going to be doing stuff. So thank you for listening. And here we go. <music> Hello and welcome to another episode of Soul Care with me, Angie Fatal. My pronouns are she, her, hers. I am on the unceded land of the Multnomah, Owasco, Calitz, Kaflamet, Clackamas, Bands of Chinook, Tualatin, Kalapuya, Malala, and so many other tribes who made their homes along the Columbia River and the land where my house sits. You may have noticed that I did not do a podcast last week. Well, I was deep in the woods with my daughter camping. And sometimes things just don't work out. You're just in the woods enjoying yourself and you don't end up getting the stuff done that you need to get done. And 
that's what happens. And so that's what happened to me. And I had an amazing time with my daughter. And my time at the moment with her is limited because she is getting ready to go back to school. And she won't be living in our house anymore. So we are getting ready for our second go at university life. Because last year she went off to school and then after her first semester moved back in with us because it was a hot mess there. So it kind of feels weird and I'm sure I'm not alone. I'm sure there are other parents out there that are experiencing this, this like delay at your kids getting to kind of, you know, gradually get into life and then having them kind of whiplash back. And I think it's pretty hard for them and for us because it's, you can never get used to a new way of life because that is constantly shifting. And so I am trying to get as much time with her as I can get before she leaves for school. And um, I'm doing something very similar that I think that I talked about last year when this was going on. And that's even though I have a ton of stuff to do, lots of work stuff, that if I can drop what I'm doing and do the things that she needs, I'm considering that priority because I don't have as much time with her. And this week, I've been able to do that. We Yesterday, we had to go and get her some uh, boxes, Rubbermaids, to hold her stuff to transport to school. And then today, I had a little bit of time, and we ran to the store and got her a shower curtain and fun stuff too um, that she needs for her apartment because this time when she goes back she's going to be living in an apartment with some friends so that said I wanted to kind of give you a little peek into my life right now it's very chaotic there is a lot going on Todd has started school so kids in Oregon are back at school he's teaching his first year inside and not online and the kids and the kids don't know how to be around each other anymore or keep their masks on or not touch each other and and it's it's a hot mess of beauty and chaos and Brennan's leaving for school and I still have a business that I'm trying to run and workshops that I'm trying to do that I'm trying to find in the middle of working on my own stuff, personal stuff, that um, it's a lot right now. And I find that because I have this, um, this feeling of not enough time that I am constantly kind of trying to just remind myself that there is enough time, so doing that reframing, that it really... When there's a lot of things that I can't control, it gets harder for me to kind of stay in that present moment of there is enough time, you will get everything done, you're not letting anybody down, um, and stay peaceful. But I've really been working on it, and one of the things that I've decided to do with these two workshops that I mentioned in the beginning that are coming up in 
um, Montana and, and in Colorado, a lot goes into it for me. I'm driving. There's a lot of prep I have to do before I hit the road. I have to make sure my car is running okay. I have to like get time with my family. I have to make sure that I have everything I need before I get on the road, like bows and arrows and the gifts that I give people and the all the snacks. I know I can get stuff where I end up, but I, I try to get it all ahead of time so I don't then have to deal with that. Um, but there's just a lot. So with that, I also have to invest a lot of time in the things that I don't enjoy, which is promoting myself online, trying to make sure that people see that it's happening if they want to go and hopefully their friends tell, they tell their friends and then, you know, people sign up because it's everything you do in business is a risk, especially if you're not like a business person that took out a loan, which I am not that person. So everything is a little bit of a risk and you kind of calculate the risks and see, you know, is it worth it to drive? This is kind of an experiment for me because my hope eventually is to get um, a little scamp escape trailer that then I can take all my equipment with me and go to maybe more rural communities um, and do these archery workshops that I do go to these communities where maybe people wouldn't normally go because the population isn't as big. Um, so the drive, I obviously don't have a trailer yet, but the drive is to kind of see if it's worth it, like on me mentally and physically and, you know, financially, is it worth it to do it this way? Or should I just fly, which gets trickier with all the equipment that I have to bring? Anyway, this is not, <laughs> this is not very exciting information. That, what I wanted to say, though, is because there's all these plates spinning, I tend to, and having to do a lot of the things I don't like, which is a lot of stuff on the computer, I can feel my anxiety kind of build and my stress level build, build which last Thursday really got to a kind of peak. I forgot to eat, and so that didn't help, and I just was kind of out of it. And that's the day I also do some food for the homeless. And so I just, it was kind of out of hand. Um, but I had said to myself before this kind of all went down is I said to myself, this is going to be a risk. Am I willing to take this risk to drive to Montana and then drive to Colorado and then come back? And I thought about it and I decided it was worth the risk. So when something is worth the risk, then I had to say to myself, if people don't sign up, is that a risk that you're willing to take? Are you going to start to get really anxious and stressed out when it gets closer to the time because things aren't going the way that you want them to go? And I said to Todd, my husband, I'm going to really try not to do that this year, this time. I'm going to try to be very relaxed about it and just let things be what they are because I have the wiggle room financially, not, not so much time, time-wise, but I have the wiggle room to take this risk. And then <laughs> I made the Google form. 
I'm in a Colorado one, I'm in a Montana one, and nothing. It was like watching the sagebrush or crickets chirp, nothing. And because I was doing so much work online, then I felt my anxiety build, my stress, and then I had to go, you, you're the one that wanted to do this. You're the one that decided to do this. Nobody forced you to go to Montana to drive, to do this whole thing by car. And do you want to do it? And I do want to do it. So I kind of looked at the stress level and just went, I told myself I was not going to get stressed. So I'm going to breathe into this and really try not to get stressed. And just again, remind myself that I am going to take the risk and it's going to be worth it. And bottom line is I get to see my sister and that makes it worth it. So even if nobody signed up for my workshop, I still get to see my sister. And then a few days later, I get to see my dear friend, Kathy Escobar, and that makes it completely worth it. And I get to see so many people that I haven't gotten to see in two years. So that makes it worth it. I just get scared. I don't know about you, but I just get scared that I'm making some kind of mistake that is going to be detrimental to my family or detrimental to my business or detrimental to my relationships. And I think that's under the surface of trauma. If there is an under the surface of trauma, maybe it's right above the surface of trauma. There's just this fear of making a mistake with people and making a mistake with business or, you know, the things that I do that is going to cause something that's irreparable. And it's going to break something that can't be mended. And so I think I carry that around with me all the time, not even realizing it. And I don't know if you can relate to it or if I'm even doing a good job explaining One of the things that I also have been thinking about along the same line is, and Brene Brown talks about this um, way of being in your body that you're always waiting for the other shoe to drop. And I think if you have experienced trauma, if you've experienced um, trauma that happens over and over and over again, kind of you you catch your breath and then boom it hits again or you catch your breath and boom the you know the floor falls out from under you it is really difficult to teach yourself to not wait for the other shoe to drop and I have been working on that for a while you know I'll return to it when something comes up like of course you know I can't get the dryer to work today because that also happened (sighs) please, I cannot deal with the dryer being broken and our car door, new car that we have, the door not, one of the doors not opening and all these little things, you know, where it just kind of unravels and you're like, those are just the practical things. Those are just the necessity things. Very stressful necessity things or things that make your life easier. So yesterday... I woke up and I was like, whoa, somebody signed up for the Helena Montana workshop and paid. I'm really excited. And then right after I saw that, I saw something else that I can't even get into because it's not going to make sense to people. 
because it's complicated and it doesn't even make sense to me, but something happened with one of my Airbnb experiences. It's the family-friendly archery, and it's something that I've spent hours working on with people in that company, and they've been asking me for something that Oregon doesn't require. There's no way I can get it that I know of. Nobody's told me how to get it. And it's basically a weapons license. And in Oregon, you don't need a weapons license to teach people archery. I have training certificates. I have insurance. But you only need a weapons license in Oregon if you are going to be hunting, which I do not hunt. And if you're using 45-pound bows, which I don't teach with. So anyway, it's been months of back and forth and phone calls and I'll do a phone call with somebody and they'll say, oh, it's sorted, don't worry about it. And then something else will come up and then I'll get a message and they'll be like, oh, actually it's not taken care of. So this is hours of work. And I I finally got to the point where I was like, oh, it must be finally sorted because I haven't heard anything for a month. Well, I woke up yesterday and they put a pause on my experience and that means they basically canceled any people that are coming on the already booked on the calendar until I take care of this thing that I cannot take care of (laughs) so the feelings of powerlessness are rampant in me so this was like 720 and I immediately am like what am I going to do? So I get on the computer. I email my contacts at Airbnb that have been helping me. And as far as I understood, it had all been sorted. And I told them, hey, this happened. What do I do? You know, my livelihood depends on it. I can't get the information that they're asking me for. Help me. Emailed that, then got on the phone. Of course, 40 minutes to an hour of being on hold. Have to do another call. Finally get somebody. And inside, I'm saying, this person is not my enemy. This person answering the phone has not done anything to me. And I refuse to take out my rage, which is just fear, in me in that moment on this person that is just the messenger. I'm not willing to shoot the messenger, but it is difficult for me and my personality to sometimes not capitulate. And I really don't want to do that. I want to stand up for myself while not taking all of this out on this person that's answering the phone. So told her what was going on. She apologized. She said, I'm going to send it to somebody else. Don't worry about it. And I said, here's, here's the thing. I want to be very clear that you understand that I'm not mad at you. And I know that this isn't your fault, but this is at least the second or third call I've made where somebody has told me that they'll take care of it. And it has not been taken care of. And I have, you know, at least 30 emails saying that it's under control and I woke up this morning and my livelihood is canceled 
And I don't trust that whoever you're going to send it to is going to do anything about it. And she was like, I completely understand. That's all I can do at this moment is send it on to this person that supposedly could help you and they will call you. Okay. Have they called me? No. (laughs) But anyway, it's not this. It's a situation. So I'm telling you the situation, not so that you can go, you know, oh, poor Angie. Um, You can send good energy and prayers my way that it gets resolved. The thing that I want to use this as a way to kind of illustrate something that I'm working on. I did hang up the phone with that woman and then all that energy came out of me and I started to cry because I was like holding all of this rage. And I think you probably know you get so angry and afraid and upset that all you can do is just cry. And I had so much energy trapped inside my body. So I worked out. That helped a little bit. Um, I I didn't want to go to the river because I felt like if I stayed home, even though I'd been working all week um, without a break, if I stayed home, then maybe I could resolve this. But really, if they're not calling me back, there's nothing I can resolve. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to go to the river, do what I need to do, the cold water, and it was freezing. Though it's it's pretty hot here right now. I think it got into the 90s yesterday, which is not normal for us. But there is no new, there's no normal. There's only new normal. But that cold water really helped, kind of that jarring. And then from what I've heard scientifically, they've proven that it releases a lot of endorphins and it really helps with depression and stuff in your body. Um, but what I decided to work on is how do I have, how do you have, how do we have these experiences that really feel out of control and really hit our powerlessness? Because I can't do what they're asking me to do. And I have tried and it is out of my hands. And what I really need is somebody to stop trying to apply a rule that works in some states or in some countries to the entire world and actually treat me like a human and listen to me. And I might, get not, I might not get that. And at the same time as I feel powerless and trapped, how can I not give my energy away? And it is really hard. Or how can I once... I give my energy away because I, I'm sure I did give my energy away on that phone call, but at the same time, I stayed true to who I was. I do not want to be somebody that takes my anger out on a stranger because I can. And at the same time, I want to stand up for myself, which is hard for me as a two sometimes. It's easier for me to stand up for other people. So I, I feel like I found that balance on the phone call of staying true to myself and also standing up for myself I did give my energy away and then I immediately did some body work by working out and kind of moving my body and actually I didn't just work out I said I'm going to use this time to kind of release no not kind of to release the stress that I'm carrying in my body and it helped and then the cold water helped 
And then on the way home, I just, I kept thinking about, I don't want to give my energy away. I don't want to give my peace away. And I know that that might be an impossible thing with a, with things that are out of our control. Like, like this situation is out of my control at the moment. I've done everything I know how to do and I can't do anything else. I don't know what your situation is. And I don't think we're not robotic enough to not have feelings about it. And that's not what I'm saying. And I'm not saying that I won't give my energy away again, that I won't get riled up or frustrated. I think what I'm trying to say is I don't want to keep doing it. I don't want it to be like a fire hose of my energy and my peace that I give away. And then I have to figure out how to replenish myself. Or then I do things like, you know, drink a whole bottle of wine or um, smoke too many um, (laughs) pipes in the backyard with Todd. (laughs) Because, yeah, I do smoke a old man pipe. You know, things that I know help in the moment there or feel like they help in the moment because they're medicative or they feel medicative in the moment. Like, I don't even know if medicative is a word, but oh, well, you know, have a couple glasses of wine when maybe normally I would have one or none. Have two tobacco pipes in the backyard when normally I would have one or none. None of those things are bad. Like I'm not out of control, but I know that I'm medicating a deeper issue, which is this is a painful situation that I am just in right now. So while I'm in a painful situation that I, it's not that I can't do anything about it. They're what I'm doing isn't solving it. So I have to, I have to decide how much I'm going to do, how many phone calls I'm going to make, how many conversations I'm going to have a day to kind of, (laughs) I got to marshal my resources. And at the same time, how do I give myself what I need so that I'm not just firing off my peace and my energy randomly? And I haven't figured it out. Um, I think the things that I'm finding that are working right now that I wanted to share with you are I'm going to bed early. Truth be told, I've been I've been doing that for a few weeks now. I've been like, the clock hits like nine and I'm like, okay, I'm tired. I'm ready to go to bed. And then I read, but I'm going to bed. I'm reading my fun book. I am... Um, trying to do the art piece that I've been working on that's part of the um, self-work I'm doing right now. Because I think sometimes what happens is things get painful and difficult and then the things that we want to do and that we know will help us feel better but take some energy in the front, we stop doing. And that's okay. But I know that even if I spend an hour working on this art piece, it makes me feel better. It makes me feel connected to that work that I'm doing and what I'm trying to do for myself. So going to bed earlier, reading, working on the art piece, 
taking some time in the morning, I'm returning to looking at my tree and trying to breathe. And um, I've been doing some work in this moon journal that I got um, last year because it's September and I really want to spend some time on my birthday month thinking about my what I want, what I want to uh, embrace, what I want to work on, what I want to let go of. And I haven't been doing much of that. You know, I haven't been doing my morning meditation regularly in the way that I was doing last year. And I don't feel guilty about that. I, you know, I was reading books that were helpful. And right now, I'm just reading fun books. (laughs) And I'm trying to stay present with myself. So if all I can do is spend three minutes trying to not be distracted and sit in the backyard and provide that space with myself and look at the tree. That's what I'm doing. There's other ways that I think like the art or sometimes when I'm not feeling where I'm feeling overwhelmed that I stop doing. And some of those are taking care of myself, like flossing my teeth or um, my sister made me this calendula oil that I, that I love And um, one of my practices has been to spend time with my body, putting that oil on my skin. So what happens when I'm overwhelmed and stressed out is then I don't do it. So I'm trying to do what I can to keep those practices that are grounding, to keep, to do them still, to not let those fall by the wayside And I can't do everything. I can't do all the things that I normally do to help myself feel better when I already feel good. So some days, you know, like today, I spent a little bit of time in my journal. Yesterday, I spent, you know, more like 30 minutes. Today, I spent like five and then three minutes looking at my tree. I'm drinking water. I'm exercising. I'm doing the things that I can do. And then I'm trying to notice when I feel that energy go away. And I don't want to say notice it so that you can change it. Because sometimes, like we've said on here and like um, Resma says, sometimes the most important thing to do is notice it. And yesterday that was huge for me because I think in my past I have gotten really worked up, really upset because I have had a lot of experiences where I've been overlooked, abandoned, left out. And um, it's hard for me not to take those very personally when that's been also a pattern in my childhood by my own parents. So it hits a real raw place in me that it is almost impossible for me to not take personally. So I was really proud of myself for noticing yesterday and just saying to myself, I don't want to do that. I don't want to take out something on myself that I can't control. Even I don't want to take stuff out on myself even if I can't control it. I want those days to be over. I want to be loving to myself. I want to be able to go, you did the best thing that you could do and... We're going to try to move forward from this. Or, hey, you didn't do the best that you could do. And let's treat this like a learning experience and not beat ourselves up for it because that never does us any good. (laughs) 
So I don't know if this is helpful to you. I don't know where you are. I know that um, there are a lot of hard things right now. And so the normal life things that we already thought were hard are extra hard. So wherever you're at, whatever you're going through, I hope that you can provide a little bit of space and care and sustenance and self-soothing to get you through to another day. I, I need it too. I need, you know, those moments of connection that remind me, okay, this too shall pass. It will get better. Um, even if it's, it'll just, we have a new day tomorrow. You know, Zion had a teacher that was like, you get to start new tomorrow. Tomorrow's another day. And it's true. Tomorrow is another day. doesn't feel all that hopeful when somebody <laughs> says it like that and you're an adult. You're like, actually, I know what tomorrow is. But that's what we have. We have the opportunity to give ourselves the space to feel what we need to feel without giving our energy out into the world in a way that leaves us depleted. I want you to take care of yourself. I want to take care of myself. I know when I take care of myself, I have more to give other people. I have more to give my family. I have more to give my friends. I'm not going through the world like a bull in a china shop, breaking myself and others. Because I don't want to do that. I am worth not breaking myself for institutions and people that don't really matter and you're worth more than not breaking yourself for institutions and people that don't really matter I want you today wherever you're at to remember who you are and that you are worth knowing you are worth loving you are worth being in this world I love you take care